0: You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today. I've got Graham Williams with me. We've got an awesome program. Uh, In a little bit, we'll be bringing on our good friend, Ted Kritsonos. He is a tech journalist out of Toronto. He will be heading down to the Consumer Electronics Show next week, uh, as will I, to check out the latest in tech gadgets and trends. Literally hundreds of thousands of geeks converging on Sin City to uh, see what's hot and what's not when it comes to technology. And we'll uh, get... uh, uh, his predictions on what we might see down there—everything from foldable TVs to self-driving cars—you name it, it will be there. Uh, let's get into some of the tech news this week, Graham. The big story: Apple. Apple knows diving as far as uh, stock value—literally billions and billions of uh, of dollars. This is uh, uh, one of their biggest uh, falls uh, ever. Yeah, really. Apple's they, on sale. They've basically lost. Uh, over $446 billion in market cap since October 3rd. Yeah. That's more than I think like a lot of companies are worth.
1: It is. And so this is sort of an interesting thing. They are uh, Apple has issued some guidance on their earnings. They're going to fall approximately $9 billion short on profit. Now, let's be clear here. They're still making over $85 billion in profit with a gross margin of around 38%. It's interesting, right? Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, they're doing okay, but... Uh, a lot of investors
0: rely on Apple because they're one of the most powerful tech companies in the world. And uh, they really follow their stock and, uh, you know, how well their earnings are. So this is a, a huge, huge thing so for them.
1: Yeah, so let's, let's start to take a look at possible reasons why. And I think we can have a bit of a, 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 a kvetch session here about yes. Apple. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting in front of a new MacBook Pro. And that's when beautiful. I when I bought my last MacBook Pro, it was probably about $1,700 for a fairly decently appointed model. The one that's in front of me right now was $2,700, $1,000 more. Yeah. Inflation <laughs> didn't, didn't add a third <laughs> to the price. That's why they're going to make $85 billion. That, that is, yes. yeah. And I mean, if we take a look at the new iPhones, uh, let, let, let's, let's look at this. I bought the iPhone X last year for around $1,500. The same model this year is $1,750. $250 added on. And what did I get? Stop for a moment. Yeah. Think about this.
0: Listeners, think about this. Smartphones, you know, we used to be able to get top-of-the-lines ones for $500 to $700. Now the the top-of-the-line
1: iPhone... $1,700 $1,700 with all the memory and bells and whistles. I, I get it, right? Like, I'm looking at almost a 6-inch organic light-emitting diode screen. Oh, it's beautiful. It's got a 4G radio that is faster than, you know, the, the wireless that I used to have in my laptop uh, that I, I can use anywhere in Canada and pretty much anywhere in the world. It's got two cameras on the back. It's got a face. There's a tons of stuff that comes in this thing. But, you know, if you look at the 10s 17, model this year... $1,700. It doesn't come with the headphone adapter. It doesn't come with the fast charger. And iOS 12 made a ton of devices out there faster than they used to be. With the update. With the update. Yes. And Apple had this battery program where if you did have your phone slowing down uh, because of the battery, you could go in and get a battery for 35 bucks. So this is kind of a perfect storm of like, guys, your stuff is too expensive. You've cut back on too much stuff. And you've made the stuff that we have. Work better. Work better. So a lot of people out there have been saying, you know, planned obsolescence and whatnot. And Apple's like, cool, here, we'll give you this new operating system that makes your old stuff faster. And then we're like, we're not going to buy your new stuff. And sales are down. Is anybody actually shocked by this? Well, China's a big issue as well. They yeah. said that a huge reason
0: for revising their, their forecast is that they're not going to get the sales in China. China's economy is slowing down for a number of reasons. They've got the trade war going with the US. Trump's all over them like a like a dirty shirt. <laughs> um, you know, and apparently 20% of Apple's Worldwide revenue comes from China alone. It was a huge growing market for them. There's like over a billion people there uh, that they've been trying to target. So if that economy is going down, the prices have gone through the roof for all their
1: products. Uh, where do they go from here, do you think, Graham? Well, this one's kind of a tough one because, you know, we do we are looking at a situation where have we reached peak smartphone? No, we haven't. But you, don't th- you don't think? I don't think so, no. Because you've got, you've got China as a market, you've got India as a market, and then you've got Africa as a market. And all three of those spaces are not saturated with smartphones. So no, but there's going to be opportunity there. There is opportunity, but is
0: Apple wanting to play with emerging markets? Because they they just can't make the margins. It's a race to the bottom for a lot of these companies that play in those markets because they're selling phones for
1: $100 or less or yeah. $50. Apple's never going to go there. They're not going to go there. But as these markets develop, there is going to be more opportunity yes, there. Yes, there will be a middle class that can yeah. afford the phones. But So the, the question is right now, like, what does Apple do to kind of win back hearts and minds? Um, I know for myself... Have they, lo- have they lost hearts and minds? Are they, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm one of the most devout Apple guys on the planet. Yeah. And I wouldn't have bought this laptop myself. You bought this for me. Right, my job bought this for me. What? <laughs> <laughs> See, expensive. I know, but you pushed for it. I did. Yeah, I did, and I had to. Well, I needed a new computer, yeah. so that's that's one of the things that we do. Okay, so I just want to step back. Yeah, super expensive for that yes. laptop. The iPhone, you know,
0: the newest 10R, uh, uh, the 10S, over a thousand dollars. Yes, but they last. They do. Like you get a lot of value out of. Out of the device, and they last a long time. I've got some MacBook Airs at home that the family are using.
1: That I think are five or six. One is even seven years old. Yeah, my parents are still using my 2011. I still use my 2012 iMac. Yes. So here's the question: where Where does that revenue stream come from for Apple? And this is where we're starting to see Apple move into services. Right yes. they're looking into you know Apple Music is one thing uh, original content is another um iTunes is a, is a is a huge market and the App Store is a huge market for Apple so moving people into more subscription based services is one of the things that they're looking at now we've seen subscriptions in hardware as well. Down in the States, they have the iPhone Upgrade Program, the IUP. We don't have that here in Canada. But instead of paying $1,700 for your device, it gets tacked onto your phone bill at around 30 or 40 bucks a month, and you just have the latest phone every single year. That, I think, is going to be the way that Apple gets people into pricier hardware and then recycles that down the line into those developing markets. This is basically Tim Cook's modus operandi. He's a supply chain guy. So being able to have verticality in his supply chain across the planet, where we're using these devices first and they're being either recycled for repairs or refurbished, or they're being sent to other parts of the world afterwards, that's, I think, what the future does look like for Apple.
0: You talked about the services, uh, just got this uh, release in. Customers with Apple spent $1.2 billion during the 2018 holiday season. Mm-hmm. So between Christmas and New Year's, $1.2 billion of apps were downloaded from the Apple App Store. Mm-hmm. On New Year's Day alone, $322 million, Single day record. A $322 thir- million dollars in apps. A third of a billion dollars. Yeah. So they're doing okay. Yeah. And they get thirty percent of most of that. They do.
1: Yeah. And so this is this is where profit will come from for them. So a lot of people do
0: you think the the market has to realign their expectations of Apple? Just based on
1: the new economy, you know, the the China going down uh, those types of realities? I think so. And I think we need to kind of look at the, the market in general. You know, we are, we're, we're not happy with profit. We have to have increases in profit every year. This is, uh, this is chasing the dragon in the worst way where it's just, you, you can't, you can't be good. You have to always be growing. And eventually you're going to reach the point where elasticity starts to snap back. And we've, we've seen that here. This isn't just an Apple problem and it's not an Apple overpriced problem. This is Apple has products that have reached price elasticity for their consumers. It's too much for what a lot of us want to pay. Uh, um, there is a market softening. There are fears of a recession. There is stuff going on with China. This is kind of a bit of a perfect storm. And I think for a lot of people out there, you know, they, we hear things like, don't try to catch a falling knife. But Apple being at under, under 150 bucks a share, I think for a lot of people, they're looking at it going, that's on sale. I'm it's crazy. So
0: you know, again, Apple has lost uh, close to $446 billion in market capitalization. Just to give you uh, context to that. Uh, $446 billion is more than double the size of Wells Fargo down mm-hmm. in the U.S., Th- more than three times the size of McDonald's, more than five times the size of Costco. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? A little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We have a lot to talk about here on the show. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be chatting with our good friend Ted Krozonos all about the Consumer Electronics Show and what we are expecting to see down there. All the new future trends and gadgets. There's some really cool stuff uh, that uh, will be announced and we're going to give you a sneak peek on what we think uh, those devices will be. You're listening to Get Connected here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Eggerbo here in studio. Well, uh, starting Tomorrow, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas will be happening. This is one of the largest trade shows for tech uh, in the world. Typically, um, anywhere from 150 to 200,000 uh, geeks and nerds converge on Las Vegas. On the line, we've got our good friend Ted Christonis. He is uh, going down to Vegas as well. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Thanks, thanks Mike. Wanted to get you on the line uh, Always see you down there every year. We always have a good time together checking out all the technology. Wanted to get uh, some of your thoughts on uh, what you think might be trending and some of the things that uh, are rumored and maybe that you're looking forward to uh, as well. Uh, let's start with uh, trending. Um, TVs are always the big thing down there, Ted. Uh, you know, the past few years they've you know had the 4K. They tried 3D TV. Is 8K the big thing this year?
2: They're going to show it, but I don't know that it's going to be that big to be honest with you uh i think actually what we might see more with tvs maybe a little bit less on the display tech and a little bit more on the smart tech this time around now i don't have a, a lot to go on with this this is just a hunch for the most part but i think because we're seeing more and more products going smarter the tv is one of those devices that i think a lot of manufacturers want to be part of that ecosystem and in some cases so for example i can see samsung saying, hey, you know what, why don't we put Bixby in our TVs? Uh, and LG might say, hey, we've already put Google Assistant in our speakers. Why don't we put it in our TV? Well, actually, they already have. I mean, we already know that LG has already started to do that with their TVs, but they may want to do it even even more than they already have, right, that the commitment might grow in terms of what they want to offer. So I think there will be some stuff on the display uh, side. I think, you know, actually to that point, uh, I do wonder – if do you remember the LG rolling rollable TV yes, that they yes. that they showcased? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so the the company had a full intention of selling that, and, and I do wonder if if this time around, I mean, they kind of teased it last time, so I wonder if this time they're going to say, yeah, actually, you know what, we plan on selling that this year in twenty nineteen. I don't know. Uh, But I think it's possible because I think those rollable OLED screens, I think we're going to be seeing stuff like that. So not necessarily anything but resolution, but about the actual physical state of the screen itself.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Ted, uh, TV is obviously a huge driver of the consumer electronics industry, but uh, we've seen a lot of the big brands uh, kind of drop out of that space, and a lot of them are losing money as well. Uh, Samsung, obviously one of the big players out there, but uh, you know the Chinese brands are coming on up now, uh, really basically uh, giving the Japanese and the Koreans a hard time. Uh, for example, TCL, uh, a company that. Probably most Canadians still haven't heard of, uh, but uh, one of the largest TV manufacturers uh, in the world now.
2: Yes, uh, they are, and um, they're undercutting everybody. It seems uh, on pricing. Uh, you know, you and I spoke about this before on a, on a previous segment, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I even have one of the TVs myself right now, and for the for the price of what you're getting, it's it's very hard to beat, and I and we know that a lot of consumers really focus on pricing when it comes to the TVs that they're buying. Uh, it's ex- it's an expensive purchase, so if you feel like you can get really good value at a lower price, you're probably going to go for it. I do expect that we're going to see more of that in 2019, uh, with CES kind of showing that too, like sense and TCL, and some of those Chinese brands kind of pushing that narrative that, hey, you can get really good stuff from us, but you won't have to pay as much. So I think that would be part of the whole TV narrative for sure. Uh, but I, I do think, though, the smart features and, and I think the bigger players like the Samsung and, the, and LGs are, are going to focus on, hey, you know, we're going to make rollable displays. Uh, and it's not going to be just TVs. We're, we're thinking of doing this for tablets and for phones and for all other devices that have screens. So that you can use them in a variety
0: of ways, it'll be interesting when we hit that uh, you know that tipping point when these uh, these rollable uh, screens uh, really kind of uh, become affordable. I know the technology is there now, but uh, obviously the pricing and you know getting them you know manufactured on scale is something that they're still obviously uh, working on. But that'll be interesting. That'll change the way we have TVs in uh, in our in our living rooms and family rooms, don't you
2: think? I think mean, so. Yeah, I mean, can, can you imagine like you, you, you take a sixty-inch TV that's rollable and you move it from one room to another on a whim? Like you, you know what I mean? Like 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 you're putting up a poster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's. It, I mean, I think that's kind of where we might be headed uh, if if it if the design goes the way we think it is. Now we should bear in mind that the, the one that LG showed it was a base unit, right? That that where the TV rolled up and in in and out of, so that thing had to be on some kind of a flat surface. You you couldn't just stick it on a wall. Uh, So if the design is going to be similar to something like that, then I think it's going to take some more time before we get to that kind of poster uh, analogy I use. Uh, But for the meantime, the the very you know the prospect of using a rollable display in the next few years, I think, is very very real. And I, I can see it being applied to a lot of different electronics, a lot of different products that we already use. so there we could see some interesting innovations because obviously when you when you change the form factor at degree you 're probably changing the usability to some degree as well
0: it's uh, yeah definitely it would be uh, like going from uh, the old uh, uh, tube TVs, the CRTs to uh, the flat screens, uh, which uh, really you know set the uh, the consumer electronic market on fire, so I think once we get into the rollable uh, TVs and I, you know we 're obviously years away from that now, uh, and i 'm sure you 'll agree, Ted, uh, but that will change uh, a lot as far as tech, technology talking about the smart aspects of the TVs, uh, you know we talked about samsung they 're a big player, uh, you talked about bixby that 's their digital uh, assistant, kind of like apple 's Siri. And then you had LG. They had their WebOS that they were using on their on their smart TVs, but does it look like they're going to be going with uh, Google Assistant from, from this point forward?
2: Well, WebOS was purely visual. So WebOS was just a visual platform, a smart TV platform, that uh, LG was using on their TVs. What they've incorporated to some degree is to get Google Assistant working with that. So I think we're going to see an extension of that. Uh, all the All the main manufacturers... I mean, Sony included, because Sony's been using Android TV as its smart TV interface for a long time. So I think we're going to see, and and that integrates Google Assistant, too, by the way. So I think we're going to see more of that coming. Um, Perhaps we'll see more integration in the sense that you can talk to, you know, your Google Home uh, device at home and then have something happen on TV. You can do that to some degree already with a Chromecast or an NVIDIA Shield, something that has... Uh, assistant built in, I, I, but I, I mean, it, the functionality is kind of limited, and I, and I do think that the manufacturers do want to expand that to a large degree. To what extent they may feel that at the show is hard. To, it's really hard to read, but I do think that is something they're going to want to talk about.
0: We're talking with Ted Crisonos from uh, Toronto, all about the Consumer Electronics Show coming up this week, where all the nerds and geeks. Uh, converge on Las Vegas to find out what uh, is going to be trending in the next uh, few years. As far as technology, we're going to have to take a break, but we're going to ask Ted to stick around so we can hear some more of his thoughts on uh, tech trends that we'll see down in Vegas uh, uh, this uh, coming few days. You're listening to get connected brought to you by London drugs here in the chorus radio network back after this. You're back with get connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We're talking about the consumer Electronics show coming up uh, this coming week. Hundreds of thousands of geeks will be converging on Las Vegas to find out uh, what's hot, what's not, as far as uh, technology and technology trends on the line. We have our good friend Ted Krizonos, technology expert. He will be going down there uh, as long, uh, along with uh, a lot of my team as well uh, for Get Connected to find out uh, what's happening. Ted, uh, again, wanted to bring you on the show. We talked about TVs. What are some of the other trends uh, that we'll be seeing down at the show, do you think?
2: Well, I think some of the overarching trends are going to be things like 5G, uh, you know, AI. So we mentioned Spar products before. That obviously falls into the AI umbrella, artificial intelligence. And, and some of these things convert. So 5G is going to be the next wireless standard. So we're at LTE right now. So 5G is supposed to be, by orders of magnitude, much, much faster than LTE is. So imagine now that you want to download a multi-gigabyte file uh, on your phone, you would be able to do it in seconds, uh, whereas you can't do that right now. So imagine, you know, the quality of video that you'd be able to stream. Uh, the fact that you get live streams, so you can live stream wherever you are to other people, you know, in real time at really, really high uh, bit rates. So there's a lot of potential as to where that goes. But I mean, five G again such a such a, wide, uh, has, it has such a wide shadow of everything because even like self-driving cars will have to rely on 5G technologies in order to communicate with each other and with the wider infrastructure. And of course, AI factors into that too because of course they are self-driving cars. Uh, and the more and more smart products will also uh, hone in on the 5G network as well. So I think those two are going to be very key themes throughout the show. There will be a number of verticals that fall under them um, because they're so broad, but uh, I think we're, we're going to be talking a lot about those two particular things for sure.
0: Well, it's interesting. 5G, you know, we always think of, uh, you know, the smartphones and, you know, the speeds that we're going to get. But one of the big things with uh, 5G is just uh, the reduced latency, how fast it can interconnect with the network. Right now, when you hit uh, a web link on your browser, on your smartphone, it takes about, you know, half a second for it to kind of, you know, start loading that web page in. With 5G, it would be instant. You know, and you talked about the autonomous cars 5G technology is uh, perfect for that because you'll have instantaneous communication uh, between the cars and the network and all the other cars uh, that uh, are connected out there as well. So I guess, you know, over the next few years, we can't even fathom all the devices that are going to be created that take advantage of 5G.
2: No, no, that's a good point. I I think the scale to to, to which this technology could impact us, I don't think we fully understand it yet. And so, yes, uh, typically, you know, as you know, is a show that tries to at least gaze into the future uh, to some degree. Uh, so we've seen a lot of conceptual stuff that never made it to an assembly line uh, over the years. I mean, I know I certainly have some, some wacky ideas and, you know, some really cool concepts. And I think we're going to see some of that to some degree with 5G. I, I, I can't really predict what it would be, but I do think the conversation, at the very least, will be centered on, hey, this could be possible, or we have a product in mind that is going to be able to do this and this, because once the 5G tech is out, we, it will enable us to do that. That that kind of conversation, I think, is going to be very prevalent at the show. And I think AI is going to be the same thing, because I think everybody wants to make everything smarter. I mean, you probably noticed as well this year, we start to see smart home uh, products like, you know, from, from Google and even from Amazon that have screens attached to them. So now I think we're going to see more of that too. It's going to be like, okay, you're going to be talking to a product, but also you're going to be, you going to have something to look at as well. And, uh, and I do wonder where they may go with that. Uh, you know, to what extent will that be? I mean, will it be like science fiction shows where we're, where we're like video calling people all the time? I don't know. But uh, but I think uh, yeah I think with AI it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, where they go with that too because there's obviously some fear attached to that and uh, understandably so so I, I do wonder uh, where the manufacturers want to take uh, all that too.
0: We're talking with Ted Crozonos, uh, tech expert, all about the Consumer Electronics Show happening in Las Vegas uh, this coming week. Let's talk about the uh, the digital assistants. Uh that uh, are on the market uh, the Google Homes the Amazon Echoes with the Alexa voice assistant you know if you remember Ted back at the last uh, consumer electronics show uh, in 2018 uh, there was a huge war between those those two like pretty well every billboard and bus and you know everything was plastered either with uh, Google uh, Home uh, and you know with the Google assistant or Amazon uh, Echo with the Alexa voice assistant do you think we're going to see more of that war continue with this show
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, absolutely, of course. Those two, those two platforms are going to be all over the place uh, at that show, like they were the last couple of years, especially especially the last one. Uh, last year, yes, I, I, I agree. Uh, the The amount of advertising was enormous, which is interesting too, right? Because Google and Amazon don't actually have booths at the show, so they're they're present, they're omnipresent, but they're not actually there on their own. Uh, which I think speaks to the magnitude uh, and, and just the, the the power that they have. But yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, they're going to compete in a big way. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the fact that we're seeing more products even from them, uh, particularly those that have screens attached to them, is, I think, going to be an interesting segue into 2019 and where they want to take everything. Uh, I if I I mean Amazon I think it's fairly clear Amazon wants Alexa to be in pretty much everything I mean from cars to headphones uh, to kitchen appliances uh, and Google's more or less done the same thing so uh, these two platforms are are just competing for for just space uh, and integration and they will continue to do so in a very very aggressive way.
0: I'm going to be interested just to see all the devices that are going to incorporate, uh, you know, one of those voice assistants uh, into them. Like you said, uh, you know, Amazon is trying to get their Alexa into kitchen appliances and, you know, everything but the kitchen sink, uh, really. We started seeing a bit of that last year. Uh, I mean, we could literally expect to see hundreds of devices that have either Google Assistant uh, or Amazon uh, Alexa built into it, don't you think?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, And, and some will even have both. We knew that from, from earlier, we knew that Sonos One speaker was supposed to have both. Now, they've delayed the rollout for Google Assistant. It does have Alexa, but it doesn't have Google Assistant yet, but it will. And I think we're going to see more products that actually do that. Uh, you know, it takes you back to, and you may recall this, remember way back in the Blu-ray HDVD days? Yes. Where there are a couple of companies who were like, okay, you know what, there are two competing standards here. Uh, you know, we're actually going to try and support both. So we're going to come out with a set-top box here, and you can put in either disc, and it works. And, and, I mean, a couple of companies actually came out with those, but they never did very well, and ultimately format one format won over another. Not one format, Now, I don't see one format winning uh, over over the other in this case. I think these two are here to stay, and I think pretty much everybody's going to look to support. More and more, I think they're going to look to support both if they can uh, but if they can't, then they're going to try it. They're just going to go with one horse and you know, and ride away from that.
0: We're talking with Ted Kritzonos, tech expert, all about the Consumer Electronics Show coming up in Vegas uh, this week about some of the tech trends that we're expecting to see. When we come back from the break, uh, we'll talk more about those trends and even the, uh, the future of technology in cars. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You are back with Get Connected. We've been talking all about the... Con- Sumer Electronics Show here on the program. It's happening in Las Vegas this week. Literally uh, a couple hundred thousand geeks, nerds, technology enthusiasts converging in Las Vegas to find out uh, what's going to be trending over the next few years as far as technology is concerned. Ted Kritzonos is on the line to help us make sense of it all and uh, get his thoughts on some of the, uh, the trends happening down there. Ted, I know you're a big car guy. You love technology and cars. The Consumer Electronics Show over the you know, past five to ten years has seen an increasing amount of the car manufacturers uh, coming into the show and showing off uh, their vehicles and the technology they have built in. What are you expecting to see this year?
2: More of the, I think it's just going to be a continuation of what we've been seeing the last few years. I, the, this, CES has become, in many ways, uh, an additional auto show. Uh, now instead of showing off new cars and new designs and things like stuff under the hood, it's all about what's going on you know, as far as the brains of the, of the car, in the dashboard, uh, you know, the circuitry, the computer, uh, the AI, like all that stuff is really what they focus on uh, at this show. And I think we're going to see a lot of what they talked about the last couple of years. So last year they focused a lot on okay, uh, you know, we got 5G coming and we're going to have you know, cars communicating this way. We're going to have cars delivering pizzas on their own. And we're going to have this and that. There was a lot of stuff that they, they focused on that spoke to a bit of a lifestyle adjustment. And I think there'll be more of that too. So I mentioned earlier that 5g is going to be a big, big factor, if not one of the biggest factors when it comes to autonomous driving. And I think it, I think that will, that will be, I think that will be really explored even more so this time around. Now, in fairness a lot of the stuff they show is conceptual so we don't know ultimately what will happen or what won't happen but that being said i think that uh i think that we're going to see some really crazy stuff like for example maybe we'll see uh i don't know like uh, i mean flying cars is apparently something that might be at the show uh, i don't know if you heard about that but uh, no. there's a possibility yeah about possibility time Ted, about time yeah, there's a possibility that a flying car <laughs> might be uh, on display at the show. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, even beyond that, I think for cars that are actually rolling on the road, uh, I think we're going to hear more about how smart the car can be and possibly how, how early we might see this. Right now, we're seeing level two autonomy, meaning that the car can drive itself, you know, on a highway. It needs to see two lines. It, 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 it can't change lanes necessarily on its own. Uh, unless you tell it to, uh, or you move it on your own. It, 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 so there's still a long way to go, but some of the stuff they show conceptually is, is really, really fascinating, uh, just to see the way cars kind of interact with each other. And I actually expect some of the automakers to even drive self-driving cars in and around Vegas as well, like they have the last couple of years.
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, we keep hearing more and more about autonomous vehicles, uh, you know, self-driving cars. Obviously, Tesla's been one of the, uh, the you know, the front runners on that. Uber and Lyft, uh, the ride-sharing folks, they're testing, uh, you know, self-driving cars as well, because obviously they'd love to get rid of the human drivers to keep their costs uh, down. But how far do you think we're away from seeing, like, true self-driving cars that I can basically just get in and it'll take me to work without... Having to do
2: anything? Yeah, I'm more conservative on that uh, estimate. Uh, I know some people would think, "Oh, it's five years away." It's, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's at least ten. Uh, and I'm talking full autonomy. I'm talking about to the point where you get in the car and you're not driving at all, and you you have no you won't be driving, no matter what. The the car will just be driving you entirely. Yeah, I think we're at least ten years away from that uh, because full autonomy. Requires that you have an infrastructure that supports it. The car, the the self driving car, needs to know where other cars are relative to its position, where infrastructure like traffic lights and stop signs and crosswalks and things of that nature uh, are relative to its position, too. It would need to know when a school zone is. Uh, It would need to know the difference between that and a highway. It would need to know, you know, at its core, basically, it would need to know where it is and what it's able to do um and and all self-driving cars have to have that knowledge while they're on the road that takes time you you can't build that out in in a really short time and so i think sometimes you know people i think miss that the the bigger picture on that is that you in order to support something this advanced you need to have everything working in tandem with each other and i and i think that we'll, we'll be hearing more about that i think at the show so i i would say we're still some time away for sure
0: well I've heard rumors that uh, there, there might be some self driving cars down at the show and there has been for the past couple of years, but there's always a human driver in there just in case. But I, I heard rumors that there might be true self driving cars where there's no uh, no driver. Do you think we might see something like yeah, that? Yeah, but
2: the only time they've done that they, but the only time they've done that you know, over the last couple of years is on controlled tracks in one of the parking lots. Um, which I think you've probably seen too. Yes. So NVIDIA NVIDIA actually tried something like this last year where they, they had a, a really short kind of track. It was uh, like an oval, and, and they had the car literally driving itself like kind of around and stopping. Now, it was at a slow speed, and it was very controlled it was a very controlled environment there was a you know there's an override with the guy with a remote just in case uh so it, it yeah i mean to, to to some degree yes i know audi also had the self-driving car that drove from l.a to vegas for the show a couple years ago uh yeah i mean there, there's there's definitely going to be a, a number of things going on uh to showcase the tech i, I think lift did something last year with that too so we're going to be seeing more and more of that. Now, fully autonomous car that, that's totally driving itself on the road, maybe. Uh, you never know. I mean, one thing with this show is that a lot of it can be predictable, but there are always a few things that aren't.
0: We're talking with our friend Ted Cruzonos, He's our tech expert out of Toronto. Talking all about the Consumer Electronics Show. Ted, thanks so much for joining me, and look forward to seeing you down in Vegas,
2: I believe, tomorrow. Yeah, likewise, Mike. Always a pleasure to be with you. That was
0: Ted Krizonos. When we come back from the break, we're going to get uh, our weekly Alexa skills. You're listening to Get Connected here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Eggerbo here with Graham Williams. I will be down in the Consumer Electronics Show all of next week, so stay tuned for uh, our recap next Saturday of all the cool stuff uh, that uh, we were able to see and experience. Graham, it's uh, it's voice time. It is. Smart speakers, so huge now. Uh, a lot of people have Amazon Echo speakers, Google Homes. Uh, you've got uh, a skill for us
1: for uh, Alexa devices that people can use. Yeah, so I've got a, a couple of skills today. The first one, uh, we've got Super Bowl season yes. coming up. So this one's kind of fun. It's called NFL in 60 Seconds. And so this is actually put out by NFL.com. And it's your official daily NFL news update with all the top stories in the league. So it gives you the latest headlines, uh, everything that you need about your favorite teams and your playmakers. And it gives you multiple updates throughout the day. So all you have to do is uh, use the A-word. I've been getting complaints about people's speakers being flagged by this, so we won't <laughs> say it. Uh, but you say, uh, "Where's my fla- what's my flash briefing and what's in the news? And NFL 60 will be added into your flash briefing for you. Now, have you used the flash briefing on, uh, no. on, on the A-word? No, how do you do that? So flash briefing, you can actually just say, what's my flash briefing? And you can, in the app... Uh, You can designate different news sources, and it will give you a quick update. So I actually use stuff from CKNW and different uh, sources around the country to get my briefing first thing in the morning. And so you can do this throughout the day, but it's a very handy way of going about it. Very, very cool. Got another quick one? I do, yeah. Our groceries. If, if you use this app, this is yep. really cool. This is available for iOS and Android, and obviously it does have a skill as well. But what it does is it synchronizes grocery lists across all of your apps. Ah. And so you can say... Uh, <clears throat> add this to my our groceries list. Alexa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and it will do that. Uh, so we will add different products for you. And so if you have multiple people in the family who are shopping for groceries, it will add it to your our groceries list. So when you're out shopping, you can check those things off and it's really, really easy to use. It's all the time we have left for get connected. Where can they
0: get our podcasts,
1: Graham? Our podcasts are available on iTunes, on Spotify, and anywhere that you can find really cool podcasts. And listen to the app show tomorrow morning, 10 AM here on CKNW.
0: Mike and Graham logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.